0: The rain lashed at the windows all night, the wind-shaking Pahotea hut with a kind of anxious grip. But I'm snuggled in my bunk, warm and dry. This is my first hut stay on the Te atop Mount Parangia in the North Island of New Zealand, and I'm grateful it's here for my use. The trail notes tell me it is generally a good idea to stay overnight in this hut and continue south the following day. That's because fierce weather changes are notorious atop this extinct volcano, 3,000 feet above the Waikato River plain below, and the tallest mountain in the region. There's discussion amongst the nine of us TA walkers of staying put at the hut until the weather passes. Part of the reason, surely, is because we're disappointed we have no view from our airy perch, except for the flowering Alpine Tikuka, shaking in the storm like a bouquet of sideshow bobs. And isn't that just the way it goes? We work hard to get to our goal of the summit and then come up short through no fault of our own, learning we have to make the best of things. But that's not gonna be easy. This weather system is forecasted to bring rain for days and to get off Mount Parangia is the hardest part of the trail. It's only five kilometers, but so full of ups and downs over a tangle of tawa roots and epic mud, it takes most people five hours to descend. That thought alone makes me want to snuggle right back into my bunk. You're listening to The P-Rag, Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. I'm Allison Young, the Blissful Hiker, sometime professional flutist, sometime voice artist, and full-time pedestrian. Just like the small backpacking essential of the same name, the P-RAG shares a kind of unglamorous but vital truth about empowerment as badass people who really don't need permission to blaze our own trails in this journey we call life. Thanks so much to Lecky Trekking Poles and Belega Socks for supporting the PRAG. I like the situations. You like these situations? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Because um, the next day or the day after tomorrow, be sunshine tomorrow. it's sunshine and you can feel the happiness more. <gasps> that makes me happier. It soon becomes obvious it's just not going to be possible to wait out this weather system. I make it a bit of a mission, maybe selfishly, to convince those wavering that it might be more prudent to push on, mostly because I'm not sure I want to go out in this all by myself. Yeah, at least I was with you. Yeah. (laughs) We gather in the mudroom and put on our still damp shoes and socks, our raincoats and pants feeling a bit thin against these elements. The Austrian man tells me he needs to hike every step of the trail, to stay in his head and because he desperately needs a break from life. Others too say that they need to walk alone and I'm amazed that I share this need with them and I'm not all that weird. I teach them a few useful English words for today like fearless and intrepid as we head out singing the Ode to Joy. Parangia is one of the mountains of New Zealand associated in Maori lore with the patupahurehi. These were fair-skinned supernatural beings living in the misty tops of mountains and were hostile to any intruders. It's said that you know you're near one when you hear a kind of ghostly flute sound. But all I hear now is rain lashing sideways and we quickly run up the beautifully built Noel-Sandford boardwalk to Hihi Kiwi Peak, totally shrouded in mist. The boardwalk stops just below the summit, delivering us to the worst mud of my life, living up to its reputation. Parangia in Maori means, like a bad smell, though I would characterize it more as, like a bad and endless squish. The first hour has the feeling of an adventure. We laugh as fresh mud seeps into our shoes and oozes out of our socks. (laughs) It's a challenge to stay upright as the mud gets deeper. The roots amaze, and the trail goes right back up steeply several times before heading down for good. It doesn't seem possible, but the rain gets heavier, and the trail just goes on and on, seemingly without end. I need my sticks and then need my hands up and over a rocky section. Our group begins to splinter as the Swiss boys and the Austrian race ahead and the girls lag behind, Floris, Marjolaine, and me pushing on. They're both wearing rain kilts, kind of like long skirts, and seem to be perfectly happy in this muck as my spirit starts to waver. I think I've got this but maybe I don't. The mud above my ankles becomes mud above my knees. The rain hits my face sideways in waves and fills every inch of the trail, becoming a fast-moving, coffee-colored stream. Vines grab at my shoes, and I drop a hiking pole in the mud and fall. Twice. Oh, shit. We're all trail fit, and we move faster than estimated but it's still a long, frustrating, and cold morning. When I finally reach stairs and move down fast, I'm shivering. The stairs end at an empty road in the middle of nowhere. The men are gone, maybe having hitched a ride. And the trail notes mention a man named Michael who lives about 10 kilometers away, and he allows hikers to camp on his lawn. Floris and Marlene decide to wait for a hitch and go into town as the three solo women arrive, and we move on towards Michael's in a quartet of misery. Walking on road does have its perks as we stretch our legs in long strides. Absolutely silent, desperate and driven, we march along, the rain letting up for just a moment, even the sun peeking out, though not long enough to dry our clothes or our spirits before it begins to pour again. We never find the elusive Michael. Instead, it's John and Casey who arrive at their driveway with a Christmas tree just as we walk up and spy the universal camping and shower symbol nailed to a post above their mailbox. They invite us to take over a covered porch and use the shower off their garage, our clothes one shared load of laundry. Clean and dry, we cook meals as the rain pounds on the roof. A little bit confused, though, how things work here. I wonder if I, if we, are intrepid enough to sleep on the floor in this garage, in this non-stop, chilling-to-the-bone rain. We debate what to do. Chloe wants to hitchhike to the next town. Vera is put off that these people don't invite us inside. And Alina says she'll make do. So it's left to me to make the decision— And I head inside the rambling farmhouse, snug and warm, the Christmas tree up now, lights and decorations ready to hang. Can you maybe, I mean, might we, could you allow us possibly to, okay, well, look, we're we're really, really grateful for all your help, but we're shivering cold. John looks at me like I'm a crazy woman and then says, of course, come on in. Vera and Alina head upstairs, and Chloe and I share a huge bed just off the porch. The feeling of the carpet on my bare feet and the duvet warming my skin is pure heaven. It's absolute bliss. You're listening to the P Rag Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. Through sharing my stories of walking long-distance trails as a solo, middle-aged female hiker, I hope I can empower you to grab your life, too, and hike your own hike. You can subscribe to the P.R.A.G. wherever you get your podcasts. And if you listen on Apple, I'd love it if you could leave a review. It really helps people find me. I cook up some oats on the covered porch as the rain gives way to mist. The girls plan to leave later than me and it'll be a solo walk all the way to Waitomo. John joins us in a bathrobe, rolling a cigarette, and telling us how he ended up here from England. The trail notes warn me never to cross swollen rivers, then describes one that, in normal conditions, is knee-high. I asked John about this river I'm coming up to, the Moa Kurarua, but he seems pretty sanguine on the subject, and urges me on with the advice... Don't do anything stupid. It's humid and warmer off the mountain. The sun peeks out for ten seconds over a hilly area of soft grass, nibbled low by sheep who watch me warily. The hills sweep away, terraced by many hooves, and it's clear below the cloud in the distance. Small windows of fields in bright green folds open up just as I reach. Mud! More mud! (laughs) But so far, it's manageable. I head back into the bush, the trail a slow-moving stream. Yesterday, I managed in the mud by telling myself I'm warm, I'm moving okay, and it won't last forever. The New Zealand gray warbler is a constant companion, his song sounding much like its Maori name, Rio Rio. A tui sings a broken cuckoo clock tune right next to me as droplets tap at the ground from wet palms. And then real mud returns at the Oamaru Reserve, and I have to put on a good attitude and just plow through it. The trail notes tell me the part getting out of here on a downhill slope can be quite awful when wet. I try not to think about it too much, since I'm not quite there yet. It's not that bad, as I exit the bush into farmland, hills dotted with palms and Rimu rise one after another towards Parangia, poking its shy face out of shifting cloud. A lovely kiwi, without front teeth, arrives on a four-wheeler, his working dog on board. He offers me a cuppa at his house, but I thank him, saying I'd rather move on before it rains harder. Later, his 11-year-old grandson passes me on the road, driving the family car. I hop the fence, and it's cross-country with a very vocal sheep. The land is a roller coaster of steep ups and downs along the fence line. I'm below the cloud now, and I can see into the valley far below, unusual rock outcroppings scattered amidst golf course quality grass. Another squall heads towards me, making a huge, long, magnificent roll of thunder, and then I get totally off trail. It seems there's an old Teodoroa trail through here, and I do my best to contour and meet the correct trail, but that would take me into nearly impenetrable bush. So I make up my own trail, triangulating towards the right one. The clouds build and more thunder crackles, but it's far to the west, and this countryside looks like Middle Earth. The rock is pressed in odd layers as if made by hand. I meet a trail near the dreaded Moakuarua stream and find a spot to cross with water just past my knees. Two kiwis and matching dreadlocks walking the softest dog imaginable tell me it's all downhill from here. Just outside of Waitomo is the Hamilton Tomo Caving Club's group hut, and I reach it as a group of spelunkers from Kaitaya College show up. They invite me in and to camp on the lawn and use the facilities while I'm here. Their leader, Dave, offers to keep an eye on my gear so I can head into the village and do one touristy thing. Do we know anything about the glow wood? Yes, they glow. I purchase a ticket to visit the Waitomo Caves and see the famous glowworms. Even the queen came here, so I'm in good company. So yes, we gave them the flash name, glowworms. But really, they are maggots and flies. Now, no one will come to see them if they really knew that, okay? Do you imagine yourself coming to the glow maggot cave? It's not so attractive, eh? No. I'm joined by a group of Chinese tourists who don't really get most of the guide's groan-worthy jokes. We take a boat ride, my neck craning back as if viewing the Sistine Chapel, to marvel at the Christmas lights of bugs, little constellations of maggot poo, their light attracting hatching flies, believing it's an exit to the sky when in fact... It's a sticky fishing line. So what you all came to see this afternoon is glowing poo, okay? Pretty much glowing poo, everyone. Earlier, the guide took us to the cathedral, a large space of 35 million-year-old limestone stalagmites and stalactites in obscene shapes. To show off the acoustics, he asks if any of us sing, and my hand shoots up right away, followed by an a cappella rendition of Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Well, none of the Chinese tourists know the song or know quite what to do, so they clap along in time to the chorus. I hitch a ride back up the hill to the hut with a Kiwi named Rocky. As I enter his car... He immediately offers me a beer, having drunk a few already. Fortunately, it's only about a kilometer to the hut. In the alley coop now, the rain starts up again in earnest, and I think about the power of being with a group coming off Parangia, the safety in numbers, and the comfort knowing we were all taking the same steps. I also think of how much I loved hiking alone today, not sure how I'd get across a swollen stream, and that maybe, by getting lost, I actually placed myself in a better spot to cross it. And then I think about Amanda Palmer and her book about asking for help. She writes, Asking for help with shame says you have the power over me. Asking with condescension says I have the power over you. But asking for help with gratitude says we have the power to help each other. I can't say how I'll help John and Casey or the Hamilton Tomo Caving Club since it was their generosity helping me out. Though there is a ton of research about how generosity actually benefits the giver, sometimes more so than the receiver, activating a portion of the brain called the ventral striatum, giving people a feeling of satisfaction and happiness when they're generous. But that doesn't exactly explain why the Kiwis I've met in the last few days were so hospitable. Maybe it's just in their nature. That being said, I leave a nice bit of koha, that's the Maori word for donation, for both of my hosts. The P-RAG is supported by Leki Trekking Poles, if you want to be a blissful hiker, Lecky's should be in your hands. Also Bolega, the best blister-resist, non-slouching, foot-massaging socks for the long haul. You can subscribe to the P-Rag for free wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're on Apple, I'd love it if you'd take a second to leave a review, like this one from Cindy. I love listening to Allison's stories of her backpacking adventures. Because of her, I know I, too, can hike my hike solo. Thanks so much, Cindy, and thanks so much to you for listening. Whether you're walking right now or sitting at your computer listening, you can always see pictures of this particular stretch of the Te Araroa, including a video of walking through the worst of the mud on Parangia. It's all up at the website, thepirag.com. Next week, I learn a new word to sidle a riverbank, and I do so in the wet and wild Manga Okewa Reserve. Until then, my friends, kiakaha and happy trails.